tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Goldie's Girl, Till Death Do Us Part, and Thanks Big Brother. I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Hey, Robbie, I was doing some uh, pod administration tasks this uh, this afternoon, which I don't do that often. Okay. And uh, I decided, you know, <clears throat> because I hate myself, I guess, to go look <laughs> at our iTunes reviews and, uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I can handle criticism pr- pretty well. And I understand that our podcast isn't for everyone. Uh, but uh, I, there was one review that, that really puzzled me. It's a two-star review. And in order to set up that review, I would like to, for, to reiterate for everyone who listens to this podcast and whoever anyone knew that might be joining us um, I'm going to read word for word the description of our podcast as it sits in iTunes and Google Play and everywhere else okay are we ready for this yeah <clears throat> okay reenacted in unsolved mysteries podcast a podcast where your co-hosts Robert and Crystal discuss an episode of the Robert Stack hosted Unsolved Mysteries. This is not a news broadcast and only reflects the opinions of a couple of dummies who love the show. Uh, so I think it's, you know, we're putting it right there in the open. Um, this is not serious. Oh, oh uh, we're uh, a couple of idiots. Okay. You're, you're reading the description of our pod. Yes. That's word for word. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's what I, you know if you if you you're looking for unsolved mysteries podcast and you find our pod that's the description you're gonna see yeah yeah that's that's that. that's that's basically our disclaimer um, yeah uh, if you're if you click on our show expecting anything else I'm not sure what you're expecting right so the, the which leads me to this two star review okay it's left by someone who describes themselves only as avid podcast subscriber okay. The title of the review, 26 Minutes of Giggling. Review, I prefer solo narrators to two people telling private jokes and rambling streams of consciousness. Huh. Okay. So I'm not really sure where they got confused on a podcast where your co-hosts, Robert and Crystal, (laughs) discuss an episode of the Robert Stack hosted Unsolved Mysteries. And then, in fact, this is not a news broadcast and only reflects the opinions of a couple of dummies who love the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, if anything, you're really underselling uh, uh, the product. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also uh, fuck this person describing themselves as an avid podcast subscriber and then not knowing like that the content of most podcast is a couple of idiots rambling into a microphone with <laughs> private jokes and that's like i don't know that's, 70% of podcasts i i think um, i think that's a low estimate um yeah that's uh we also have episodes that are called things like radioactive jesus demon in a bottle a new hampshire situation year of the big screen tv y'all got a pegasus Burt Reynolds is the cube. I'm not really sure why 
we fail to meet this person's expectations when I think we're pretty clear about what we're doing. I'm not bitter. I'm just confused that this person then took time out of their day to go leave us a two-star review. <laughs> okay. I, from my, my understanding, they prefer mm-hmm. a solo podcaster, not a yes. team of two or more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the and then the the other, what was the other issue? I mean the the the, the title of the review was twenty six min- minutes of giggling, right? Yeah, I mean that feels accurate. Yeah, yeah. I, I have I have no qualms with that. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I'll I'll accept that as criticism. Um, yeah. But the to 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 make the thrust of your review that yeah. the, your dissatisfaction with how there's two of us and not one. What were you expecting? Listen to a podcast yeah, that sure. only has one host. Then <laughs> it's like uh, it's like going to a like a Chinese restaurant and complaining they don't serve hamburgers, and then going on Yelp and complaining about it. You know, uh, concerning your recent trip to Susanville, or rather the Susanville area. Yeah. Uh, did you know that there's a between Susanville and Reno? If you, I think if you go uh-huh. off the main highway through, was it Janesville or something? Hmm. Um, but, uh, there's a. I don't know if it's still there actually, because <laughs> this was almost a decade ago. But there was a Thai restaurant that also served hamburgers. But pie was mostly the the thing with that well i mean the owner was thai um he oh thai not pie not like a baked pie thai like t-h-a-i t-h-a-i yes i understand okay yes (laughs) um and yeah like i mean the uh, it was clear that like the intention of the restaurant was thai Mm -hmm. but there uh, to augment you know, business from non-Thai eating customers. There was also like a hamburger menu uh, component. Well, how many restaurants are there total in Janesville, California? I think. Well, I I just remember there being the one. Uh, well, I mean that makes sense. But here's the thing: there's over seven hundred thousand podcasts on iTunes. Surely, uh, <laughs> this person could have. Found. found a podcast to suit their needs that didn't didn't include leaving us a two-star review yeah yeah well um you know but you gotta you gotta roll with the punches i guess uh in other news um i know last week when we recorded i was really not feeling well and thought i had the covid 19 and i don't i was able to get a test um i know this episode will be released uh, I don't know however many weeks in the future, probably well after a month after we've recorded it, but um, <laughs> I assume this thing will still be going on a month from now, so yeah, I don't, as of this recording in late March, I don't have coronavirus. I guess I was just sick uh, with something <laughs> else at the same time that this is going around, so uh, I'm all better now. Yeah, I'm all better. Good. Got a lot more energy. Ready, ready to talk about this incredibly uh, mundane episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Oh God.
This was a episode that just was family reunion, practically wall to wall. <sighs> yeah, some of them happy, some of them not good. Yes, and uh, this this first one, like when we're done with it, I have some something a particular angle I want to attack it with. But the origins of the segment are in the nineteen mid nineteen sixties. Um, mm-hmm. And it concerns a 18-year-old English woman named, was it, uh, Delia Goldie Fasini? Sure. I... (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) She's she's the daughter of an Italian immigrant who's living in the UK. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she... Uh, Delia Fasani Goldie. Okay. Yeah, that's her name. And unfortunately, she becomes pregnant. And because this yeah, is the 19... 19- did we mention she's a teen? Hmm? We did, right? Yeah, yeah. She's, she's like 17 she's or something? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and, of course, because this is the 1960s, uh, uh-huh. the... <laughs> We get the literal depiction of like of the you know got to send the pregnant daughter away to have the kid and then come back and pretend that like nothing happened. Well, I'm really confused though because my entire knowledge of Britain in the 1960s is based on the Austin Powers movies, which I assumed <laughs> were pretty accurate. I I, I, w- I would say they probably are. Okay, I thought everyone was like shagging and like like it was swinging and you know it was like. You know, well, that's that's groovy. the it was like it was like people were DTF. Oh, I bet you know, like I bet people were shagging well before the 1960s. Uh, it's just yeah, but I mean, like it was cool. Like it, it was cool, baby. Like don't worry about it. It probably like, it was, was but as is so, one of the things that I that has been ingrained into me watching this show is if you were a young woman without a husband who becomes pregnant. At basically yeah. any point in time prior to a few decades ago, uh, mm-hmm. it is not uh, going to work out very well for you. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it just raises the question: Do you think, you know, in Austin Powers and all his sw- swinging, do you think if he, I don't think he would have done the quote unquote right thing. I don't <laughs> think. I think he would have done what the boyfriend does in this segment which is just like you know if you say that baby's mine i'm gonna tell you tell your dad that and everyone i know that you slept with all my friends and i'm not gonna take responsibility for that and like he was he was pretty cold-blooded yeah that that the the reenactments uh, before we started recording you said they kind of have the feel of a lifetime movie and and they do yeah no detail was spared <laughs> in this reenactment of yeah, we, we have pretty much nineteen sixties British pub. Pretty much the entire the entire segment. We just wall to wall reenactment. Um and it's just it's actually like there's several moments in this that were just kind of gut wrenching and that was one. Just the mm-hmm. cold, callous way the guys like you know, I'll just you know, I'll just do my best to ruin you if you try to saddle me with my rightful share of the responsibility for dealing with this kid. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And then there's like a cut to Delia as an adult saying, you know, that's how it was back then. It's like, like, you know, it was all the girl's responsibility. And I was like, Delia, it's kind of still how it is. 
now. Yeah, I mean, th- so, that's the thing. It's like, um, guys can, you know, they can go around having sex with as many partners as they want. And, like, it's not, they don't get anywhere near the amount of derision that a yeah. woman will get just for, like, having sex with a partner and getting impregnant, mm-hmm. getting pregnant because of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that that was my woke moment for the for the pod. Thank you. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Can can I share with uh, can I share with the uh, listeners the text that you sent me prior to us recording? Oh yeah, sure. This episode. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you said uh, the moral of unsolved mysteries are quote men are trash. Don't get married. That's honestly, if I was, uh, if I was a lady and, you know, this is like what I, you know, this is the depiction of marriage uh, consistently on this show. I'm like, why would anyone get married? I mean, in the last several episodes, it's like the ladies, they get married and the dude just immediately starts physically abusing them. And then like, yeah, or, you know, and the or leaves them or stalks them all sorts of just horrific stuff it's like oh wow well that's not what happens in this segment but we'll get to that yeah this, this yeah um, i mean I, I guess yeah this, in this one the guy just abandons her L- lucky her yeah um well then her dad is just an utter fucking monster too oh. and like this whole so the whole thing is like delia like gets sent away to the convent as you do um, for unwed mothers to have her baby and basically give give the baby up for adoption and like the mom her mom at some point before they do that was just like well what it's what if we just raise the baby what if this is fine what if we just take care of our daughter <laughs> yeah yeah just let's let's just do the normal thing and just raise the kid and yeah. pretend it's ours and and we'll raise it as the sibling of its actual mom which reminds me of a really funny well not funny but like not funny haha but funny interesting did i ever tell the story about jack nicholson yeah i know that story please please tell yeah, yeah. this is wild you guys if i've told this on the pod sorry if i'm repeating myself but like uh, when Jack Nicholson was younger, probably when he was in his thirties or something, he was filming the movie Chinatown. And if I, I don't want to spoil, well, you know what? It's been like 50 years ago. I, I will spoil it. There's a situation in the movie Chinatown where, um, there's an incest situation and Faye Dunaway, it's Faye Dunaway, right? I believe is, yes. uh, the actress, uh, her character, um, has this sort of secret daughter who's also her sister so there's that whole scene with my daughter my sister anyway um but while jack nicholson was filming this movie i guess his grandmother passed away and then some uh member of his family wrote him a letter to let him know that the woman who he had understood to be his older sister was in fact his mother and that the woman who had been ostensibly his mother was actually his grandmother so this is like while he's filming chinatown like he finds i didn't okay i didn't realize because i knew about you know the i I knew that yeah about his family situation i didn't know that happened while he was filming chinatown i know isn't that wild (laughs) what a movie to be filming that during anyway so it's yeah they could have just jack nicholson the situation but the dad isn't having any of that and he basically like 
in a very British way, calls his daughter a hoe. Slut. Uh, and yeah, they send her off to the convent. <laughs> yes, yeah, slut. Uh, they send her off to the convent. I don't. Here's the other thing I don't understand. And maybe this is maybe it's a class issue or maybe it's a culture issue. Mm-hmm. But why? <laughs> I just think like. Wouldn't most dads want to go track the guy who did it down? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, that, that's a good point, and I'm amazed I didn't think about that because I I would say that if you pull most fathers that, that I know, if they found out their daughter got knocked up and the guy ran off, they would be thinking yeah. in terms of retribution. Yeah. But... Um, I Well, they do, they do the reenactment the dad does ask her who was it and she won't say so maybe she oh, is afraid yeah that. yeah that could be, that that's that might be an explanation they do place emphasis on that i was just fascinated uh, uh when they were talking about like at the the convent the the women that were closer to giving birth were given the hardest labor of of, of all the chores to do <laughs> I know she's out there like raking leaves and doing like physical manual labor. They're they're and she's like about ready to pop. It's insane. Yeah, they, they were doing the amount of work I was doing last year when I was working for this city of Reno Park Department. Um, yeah, yeah. This well, the the rationale is that like apparently it will help ensure the baby gets born or something. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> Cause, cause, cause that wouldn't happen otherwise. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not a OBGYN over here, but that doesn't seem right. No, to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they have a reenactment of, you know, because eventually it's arranged for the, for her child when it's born. They she only gets to see it in like 15 minute block intervals throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's yeah. arranged for her to be adopted by this American couple, and so she has her last like moment that she gets to spend with her kid. And I, the thing that really mm-hmm. stood out to me when she was was how she said like she basically just spent that whole time just looking at her da- daughter's face, just to like mm-hmm. burn it into her mind so that like she wouldn't forget. Mm-hmm. It's like wow. Yeah, it's I. I got a. I got pretty. Ch- I'm not gonna lie. I got a little. Got a little a misty, little misty during this. Right. Yeah, I'm not saying this segment is bad. It's just it's belabors a reenactment for something that isn't <laughs> a terribly unique situation. Right, right. Yes. It's there's not really anything that like. I mean, yeah, like they go to such detail to uh, show everything, and it's like eh, you're kind of slowing mm-hmm. us down here. But, um, yeah, so then, uh, we basically, we learn that because the, the mother, her, her, her mother, not the, the, not, uh, the individual we're talking about, but the, like her father passed away, but then like the, the mother, the father had promised, made her promise, like, don't tell her, you know, where the kid is or what happened to it or anything yeah i'm yeah oh okay yeah i mean i have a lot to say about this mother okay but please continue (laughs) yeah well and i mean i guess at the very least at least she did like tell her right before she died i mean that's one small yeah right before the mother 
dies. She's and there's a reenactment where she's on her deathbed and she's like, Okay, I'll finally tell you what happened to your baby. I'm like, let me see the picture of my grandchild and like finally on her deathbed there's an acceptance of like her grand I don't know, fuck this lady too. You know what I mean? Like originally I'm like, oh, the mom's trying to do the right thing. She just has this overbearing husband. But the fact that she like after his death. Yeah. And and almost up into the point where she died, she's still keeping it a secret of what happened to her daughter's baby mm-hmm. and her grandchild. It's like, what did she think her 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 dead husband was going to come haunt her ass <laughs> if she like said anything? Now, is it just me or did like the depiction of the fa- father uh, of, of her husband? Did he remind you of uh, Peter Griffin's father on Family Guy? <laughs> yeah he was sort of the the uh, italian version right of that. exactly for sure yeah. <laughs> um but yes uh, it, it's it it's amazing i guess like at least she told her on the deathbed but god what, what how how awkward that would i would be just being like no i can't tell you because the person who's dead and in no position to to be you know do anything to me uh, made me promise not to so i'm not going to tell you where your daughter my granddaughter is yeah like what if what if it hadn't been a situation she was on her deathbed what if she just got in a car wreck and she had never right there there have been nothing you know well you know what they say secrets don't make friends so yeah um okay now anyway so Delia, yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say this. This. This is basically just leading us to the actual re- reunion, right? Right. Right. So Delia, now she's on unsolved mysteries. She's like, I have this picture. I have a last name. Um, she had Delia had somehow come through some information. This is now in an update where they locate. I guess they located at least the adoption agency. Yeah or the the records around that adoption they at least had found the paperwork and so Delia wrote her letter to her daughter saying you know I'm going to be on this Unsolved Mysteries episode you can watch the segment um, and if it's if you feel like getting in touch you know that here's how to reach me and so the update is actually like a home recorded video of her daughter who's <clears throat> an adult and lives in the United States of her watching the segment but here's the thing and, I don't get. Uh, yes. And this is the main thing I wanted to talk about in this segment. By the way, do you hear anything in the background from my end? Because I think it's hailing here. No, I no, I don't. But I'm listening on my earbuds. Oh yeah, yeah. So that 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 could. Have, so. Um. Well, if it is, we'll just leave it in. It'll add ob- ambiance for all, all those people who are stuck at home. <laughs> like here, you can have the. Yeah. Actually, I think it's just heavy rain, but you know, if uh, oh, yeah, just okay. just you know, uh, low, the, the, this this podcast is because we're kind of light on episode material. We'll just turn this into an ASMR experience. Uh, oh, I love those. Oh gosh, love it. I yeah. Should we just whisper for the rest of the episode? Whisper. And I need to find something that I can like crinkle or, or yeah. Like, I don't actually. And we can speak very deliberate, deliberately about unsolved mysteries yeah, very, segments. Very soft, and we're just good. 
I'm sorry I don't have a binaural mic right now. <laughs> Could do some side-to-side action. Yeah. Um, any ASMR heads out there, raise your hands. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I am so grateful to have discovered ASMR. And I feel like we can just sort of talk, spend a few moments talking about ASMR because this segment's going to... This show, this episode was pretty light on material to talk about. <laughs> I don't know, Robbie. I don't want to get another two-star review by someone who's expecting us to narrate solo and not go off track whatsoever of the thing we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah, that's. The, that I don't was know the if other, I can handle the other it. Thing like not not only that we <laughs> this this was not a solo podcast, but they're talking about like weird. You know, they're talking about stuff that isn't directly about the episode. The okay good luck finding an unsolved mysteries podcast that isn't like that we all do it we all do it i know i've listened to the other pods they are they are like we are all we are all like each other um all seven other (laughs) last time i checked which actually was a while ago it could be more now um, yeah, who yeah, knows? and but that's the thing. I, I actually I, with many of my favorite podcasts. Like after listening to it long enough, I actually enjoy uh, stuff, particularly like say Viewmasters, formerly Archers of Horror. Yeah, you know, right. they they always talk right. about Ed Doherty's losing battle against baldness, and when they talk. <laughs> when they talk about when they formed a gang as kids to fight this like face he thought he saw in his his um, window or something, and the, mm-hmm. the other the co- other co-host Rusty, they talk about how like he cried because he didn't get the bow and arrow when they're handing out the weapons, <laughs> so they had to give him the bow and arrow and just like stuff like that is just I, I mean I just yeah. I, I mean like I it's truly the stuff I really enjoy the most, but I guess it, you kind of have to, it has to be with a podcast you've listened to for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, like, wow, it is really coming down. I can hear it now. Yeah, actually I can hear it on your roof. Maybe. Oh, it is definitely hail. This is definitely. Wow. Hail. I can hear I'm, it. I can only imagine on your end, like with the mic, you probably. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Really I'm sure our, our producer is just going to be hearing the like the sound of just like. I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feel, and I'm happy again. Oh man, those are some big hell pieces too. I do not. I've. Uh, are you sure it's not frogs? Because that's one of the uh, punishments from God, right? And I thought that's what we were doing now. Like, apocalypse situation. Oh, shucks. Uh, or am, I, am I confusing the book of Exodus with the book of Revelations? What comes... There's the thing that comes... There's the things visited upon the Pharaoh. Right. Um, to let to let the the Hebrews out of Egypt and then there's like the apocalypse signs and those aren't the same things no right? I, I, mean, I imagine there's maybe some overlap uh, but uh, yeah there I think the you know the the, the stuff to, to, to intimidate the Pharaoh that was more meant to awe him rather than just like destroy humanity uh, so stuff like what was it, the the Nile would turn red like blood. 
Uh, I think fro- I think right. frogs was 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 one thing. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. There was uh there was locusts. Locus. There was uh. Uh, then there was the thing about pestilence. It was like killing the firstborn son of every family, and that's why you smeared the lamb's blood on your doorway. So when the Holy Spirit passes through, hence Passover, they they passed over the the uh, Hebrew households. Um, yeah, that's the thing, Crystal. I don't actually have the religious education you do. I'm going off. I, I'm mostly having <laughs> to rely on Prince of Egypt. <laughs> The movie. Oh, okay. I well, I was. I'm a hundred percent relying on the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. Oh, damn! Yeah, that, that for that. my religious education. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think. Well, I think between the two, uh, two, two films, we probably have a th- pretty thorough and complete. Uh. Yeah. List. Totally. Yeah, man. Oh. So hail. Or fr- frogs is not a part of the one of the signs of the apocalypse. Yeah, pu- pu- I, I, I feel like hail would, would really like. Um, I mean, it probably wouldn't be as scary for the Egyptians as just like, what the hell is this? Why is this like rock hard mm-hmm. water like falling from the sky? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just like seeing <laughs> the little hail pieces like hit the roof of the. Wow. house that I'm I'm parked to and oh it, it appears to have lightened off but they're just like I could see the pieces rolling off they are uh yeah they're they're scattered all over there on the ground jeez well uh hey so uh Delia though yes, yes. <laughs> uh so her her daughter over in the United States who's now a grown woman is makes a videotape of herself watching this unsolved mystery segment well, and they were able to yes okay yeah this is where I got really perplexed because uh-huh. it seemed that basically I mean that she knew that they they had been put in contact with each other before mm-hmm. the segment even aired right yeah, presumably the letter had been delivered. And so to, uh, this woman's name is Laura. I think Laura. Yes, the daughter's name is Laura. And, and yeah. yes, she, they were they were able to record. Uh, uh, she was able to record herself reacting to like when she would first see her biological mom uh, for the first time. Uh, but here's mm-hmm. what I don't get. Then okay, so they got put in contact with each other found each other before the segment aired this is not an unsolved mystery this is a solved mystery <laughs> there's, um, there's not even any need for a call to action here <laughs> it just wraps up yeah you're uh you're right it wasn't it wasn't someone calling the call center to say oh i know where this woman is or I know what kid they're talking about. Yeah. It seems like it was kind of already in the bag before the thing even aired. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the unsolved mystery was like, would the daughter be responsive to a re a reunion? <laughs> that feels like less of an unsolved mystery and more like some sort of cruel reality show. Where it's like let you know, let's see if uh, your the daughter you abandoned is interested in talking to you. <laughs> oh God! 
Well, uh, the good news is yes, she was. And yeah. um, I guess before Laura's adoptive mother passed away, she wrote down everything she knew about the circumstances of Laura's adoption. So it wasn't like a big secret in their family or anything mm-hmm. where Laura came from. And um, Laura, or is it, I guess it's Delia flies to the United States and then they film the reunion. And then I guess there's some plans for both families to spend Christmas together in England. And it all just worked out really well in the end there. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's a nice reunion. I'm glad that they got put back together after so many years. And, um, it would have been nice if this was the only family reunion segment we had, or lost love segment, but uh, this episode... It's not. No. So, I, not, to, it's not, not to spend too yeah. much time dwelling on this, but I just want to really quickly mm-hmm. uh, point out to anyone who hasn't actually watched this episode, what ha- what we get next is not another segment. We get a update, and it's for the mm-hmm. amnesia guy who stole the you know, Paul or whatever his name was, who stole the uh, shipment of frozen food. Yeah. Okay, but here's what I don't get. Okay? Okay. Because what yes. what they're showing is they're basically just re-showing the segment from a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't re-watch it, but it was fully like 10 minutes of this. Yeah. In the middle of... Yeah, the, like, the and so here's what I don't get. Like, what? This this is just, we've, this is, there's nothing new here. This is all, everything we've already seen. Um, the, right, but I think, I think the issue is, though, because of how, uh, when they put things up on Amazon or YouTube or whatever. Right. They, and they had gone back and added those. So when the episode initially aired, it wouldn't have had that update that we got about the food truck guy. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe. And so then they tacked it on to the original. Cause if you look at the running times for these episodes that are Amazon, often they go longer than 45 minutes or 46 minutes and 45, 46 minutes is about what an original episode would be. If you'd cut it, cut it for it to be an hour long with commercials. Yeah. So they go a bit longer because they've gone back and edited edited in the updates with the original segment that was aired. Okay, I'll accept that. Let's let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to our, our, okay. our only non-lost love segment. Uh, well, you know, it kind of some love was lost here. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm. I'm going to talk about this. Uh, I was kind of like, it weirdly brought up some memories for me, not about being in an abusive relationship, but just about gross old dudes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk about, uh, let me, let me get to it here. I got to we'll do a little fast forward in here. Um, there's a young woman named Annette. Uh, she, uh, you know, I've watched enough of these segments to know if Annette isn't being interviewed, it's not going to fucking end well for her, probably. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, instead we get an interview with her mother. Um, I think uh, this is a wanted segment too, so you can kind of, 
kind of see where this is going, especially we've had so many of these at this point mm-hmm. uh, in Unsolved Mysteries. So Annette was a young woman. Um, she she had she was like socially troubled. I don't think she was like misbehaving or anything, but she ends up uh, dropping out of high school and she goes to work at this uh, local grocery store. I think this is in Manatee County, Florida. I don't remember what town. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So her mother, Jean, is the one retelling the story. And uh, Annette starts working at this grocery store. Well, there's this gross old dude who works behind the butcher counter in the um, reenactment. Uh, who uh, Annette's mother, Jean, describes the man as being, like, old enough to be her father. Uh, remember, Annette is, like, what, 17? Yeah. 18 years old, 17. maybe, in, at the beginning of this. Um things progress they get married pretty quickly uh within a you know within a year things start going bad he's super abusive and controlling um uh, you know all the all the usual stuff at some point annette runs away to an abused woman's shelter and then she for whatever reason ends up you know as these situations go ends up going back to him yeah this guy jim burnside sorry his name's jim burnside oh and And he's nowhere near uh, as handsome as that name would suggest either (laughs) no fucking way well yeah so and at some point she goes back to him um she uh he loses a job so at, at, at some point she goes to um back to work yeah at, in the in- to be like a in the interview they're talking and like i think it's the mom says something like she she wanted to go to work at as a receptionist at this car dealership or something and i was surprised that he allowed, allowed her to do it because he's no, he was normally so controlling yeah but then like immediately afterwards the next piece of information is he lost his job and i was like well i think that's the i think that's the explanation right, <laughs> right. there um yeah. yeah so um so Annette's doing doing really well at her new position and she gets to make t- friends at work and um at some point you know she goes to her her boss and and is able to buy a car I guess for cheap she gets a deal on it so she can have a little bit more freedom of movement um also at some point she's had two children with this asshole yeah <clears throat> uh and this asshole Jim not her boss sorry no 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 no, no, no. yeah <laughs> Uh, so she gets this car and then there's a reenactment of like two days after having the car like this guy Jim goes ape shit on it and destroys the car because he doesn't want her to have that like freedom of movement um, they also at some point interview a man named Dave Dave is in quotes that's not his real name the man is interviewed in shadow and we will find out why in a hot minute God. <laughs> we will not see this man's face uh so things really just go off the rails with Jim and Annette at home and Jim, uh, you know, is fucking up the car and Jim comes back in and he yells at, uh, Annette and her five-year-old daughter or their five-year-old daughter. He's going to kill both of them. He says it to the daughter. He says it to her face. Uh, Annette's <sighs> like, okay, this is, this is fucking crazy yeah. i'm out and she leaves town for a while eventually comes back 
um, files for divorce, but at this point, Jim doesn't know, supposedly doesn't know where she's living. Uh, Jim begins to stalk her, however, and one day when she's going out to lunch with her coworker Dave, remember Dave, we don't see his face or real name, mm-hmm. uh, Jim pulls up in a van and with a shotgun, and uh, Dave gets out of the car to, I guess, protect Annette in this situation and catches a belly full of lead for it. And uh, then Jim, uh, okay, if this this gets bad, so yeah. please fast forward for like 30 seconds if you don't want to hear the rest of this because it's bad. Yeah. Uh, Jim then proceeds to stab Annette 18 times um, and the autopsy revealed that she was well dead after uh, the first couple of injuries and then he just kept stabbing her. Uh, and then he walks off into broad daylight and is not seen again. So that's why this is a wanted segment. Holy jeez. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, a couple a couple of things on some of the reenactments here. The one where, like, when she goes back to Jim earlier, mm-hmm. and, like, the reenactor, like, he hands her a thing of flowers. It's like, here you go. Welcome home. I was like, oh, God. God, I just made me yeah. hate him all the more for it. And then, and th- mm-hmm. and then this, like, as they're doing the reenactment, we hear the actual quote unquote Dave talking, and he says, "Well, how, well, how was it that he described it?" He's like, "That, yeah, as as Jim, you know, had the shotgun ready and was like loading it and aiming it at him." Dave said that he looked at him. You know, like he would look at like a like he was a, st- a big juicy steak, big, juicy yeah. steak he was about to devour. Huh. Ugh. Yeah. Uh. So that's why it's wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> segment. This this ends with us, and this is why Dave was clearly in shadow because he. Uh, was a victim of a crime and he survives it he's okay yeah. but um yeah so we get an update though and uh the update involves unfortunately it's not the act sometimes we get these really great updates yeah yeah where we get to go with the cops on the arrest or see people go to court we don't get that but we do get a pretty cool reenactment we get a reenactment uh, of with- him being arrested yeah <laughs> yeah so of course um you know a couple in Alabama recognizes Jim, who's now going by the name of, like, something else entirely. Mm-hmm. Brian, Tony, who knows. And they're like, yeah, this guy works down at the uh, the uh, secondhand market. What do you call it? Flea market? What do you call it when it's a big yard sale? Thank you, yes. flea market. <laughs> a big yard sale. Yeah. <laughs> at, the big, at the yard sale center. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just have a yard, a huge yard sale. And he's working as a carpenter down at the flea market. And so uh, we get a reenactment of the FBI and the cops pulling up to make the arrest. And uh, Jim has a gun on him when they go to make the arrest. He fires twice. He had a 45 revolver, if I recall. Fires twice at law enforcement. They shoot him twice. Mm-hmm. And they bring his ass in. And then we get a white text update that says Jim pleaded guilty, no contest. He got put away 
uh, in jail for life without the chance of parole, and then his dumbass died in prison. Goodbye. Yep. <laughs> Unlike the last segment we had like this, where somebody only served like 10 years, basically, for killing their wife, um, this person uh, actually serve their time yeah it, so, this, this this is a lot more satisfying than those other times much more yeah you know what would have been more even more satisfying is if the cops who had been contacted several times hadn't been so fucking useless right in this that, situation. that's one of the things that the mother talked <laughs> that would have been more satisfying yeah the, the mother's yeah the mother talks about how the you know the, the police are basically like well we can't really do anything until he does something, so... Right, so, I and like in so many of these cases, they can't do anything until the woman is dead. And that's basically the cop's attitude, which is just patently not true. I mean, they could have they could have been like, hey, you know, we can't pick him up for this. I mean, destruction of property, threatening to kill somebody, I guess that's not enough to get arrested for, but you can file a... They should have advised Annette to file a restraining order, and if he violated that restraining order by stalking her, by coming within a certain amount of... I guess he did it very quietly, so she wasn't she wasn't even really aware until it was too late that he had knew where she was. Well, which is strange, because in the reenactment, they chose to just basically depict him as being across the street, looking at the car lot with binoculars. Yeah. Not Probably not how yeah. it happened. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe she did file a restraining order when she moved. I'm not yeah. really sure. But, yeah. I, and I honestly, maybe it wouldn't have helped at all in this situation, because she didn't seem to be aware that he had located her mm-hmm. and was following her. But... <laughs> Anyway, I I don't know what the laws are now. I think they have been improved when it comes to domestic violence and stalking and all of that. Uh, But I'm not sure. So anyway, it just really sucks that that the time the cops were like, well, we can't do anything basically until your daughter gets murdered and then we can do something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least in the the reenactment that we get, he broke several laws (laughs) that he could have been picked up for, but he wasn't so um anyway that super sucks but yeah he's he died well wanna wanna talk about another lost love (laughs) sure (laughs) uh this one's a pretty pretty quick pretty simple segment Basically, uh, this takes us to the early 1970s, and we're following a kid named Jeff Fisher, whose parents mm-hmm. have just recently separated or divorced or whatnot, and this father's just gone somewhere. I, I don't know where. doesn't really matter. Dad is out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just not in the picture anymore. And Jeff's feeling just like a little insecure. Uh, yeah, he was close to his father, and he's just... just only having his mom around he kind of feels like there's things he can't do or, or whatnot they have this reenactment where she's trying to take him to get his hair cut and he's just you know it's at one of those old style barber places and he's just he's feeling a little awkward about having her with him uh there because all the other all the other kids have their fathers there. It's all just, it's just all men in, in the thing. And he just feels yeah. insecure. It, it kind of reminds me of, I guess this really 
won't matter if we sidetrack just a little bit because we're coming in way below the normal episode length for this show. <laughs> but uh, if if I remember reading a very old piece, something written by Dinosaur Dracula, mm-hmm. uh, where he talked about when he was at, for his birthday, he had his mom take him and a couple of his friends to go see. Uh, the Transformers, the movie, the animated Transformers film in the 1980s. Oh, hell yeah. 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 And, but the thing was, is he didn't want, he was afraid that any other kids there, seeing him there with his mom, seeing the movie, he just felt, he felt embarrassed. So, so. Yeah, as he should. Yeah. So he insisted that his mom sit at least three rolls behind him. Um, and he, I guess in later years, he kind of reflected on just how fair that was for her because any adults in the theater might see her and be like, so I guess there's this late woman in her late 30s who's here because she really has a thing for Hot Rod or something. Yeah. Um She's there for Optimus Prime, baby. Oh yeah. Gosh. If I if if I was a chick, I like yeah. I might one of my childhood crushes probably would have been Optimus Prime. But he's a he's a robot. Well, you know, but it's 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 his soul that I would have been attracted to. Well that's really open minded. Yeah. I I, I I I would like to think that that you know that that would be sort of my my approach i mean do you do you think like optimus i mean that's nice of you to say but do you think of all the transformers that optimus prime is like like putting down the biggest pipe or what stop lubricating the man what do you think's going on with that? <laughs> okay so so we're going situation with the, uh, um well I don't know if Transformers have any genitalia. I Uh-huh. Well, no, they don't need to reproduce that way, but um, But you mean for just um sex for pleasure. Uh something that something yeah. something that the the stern father from the, our first segment would disapprove of intensely. Right. Uh I'm just wondering if the Transformers if in this situation where we're assuming automobiles can transform into huge mechs yeah that have souls uh-huh um that maybe part part of the me- the mech is like you know it's like uh they got an extendable or an extra receptacle that's that's fair i mean why not um you know they do you think maybe Transformers, because they don't have those things, maybe they're just, like, scissoring? Or what do you think they're doing? Uh, I guess, well, you know, you make a good point. I never really thought, but I guess if there's, like, a retractable sort of situation, they could have some sort of genitalia just for enjoyment. But if there, mm-hmm. if there's an absence of genitalia... I would have just thought it would have been they would go like the demolition man route where they have like they mm, hook yeah, up a I was gonna helmet say, to yeah. eat, you know each other's heads and then they share whatever yeah. weird psychedelic light experience. Uh, you know, 
I'm thinking now, you know, dating in the time of Corona, that's what we really all could use now, you know, with social distancing and some sex helmets. Hey, let let me tell you, like, because I'm 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 really hoping and I I talked a little bit about this before we started recording that this Corona situation Mm -hmm. would lead to everyone else in, in our civilization becoming a hermit like me. Though obviously, mm, you mm. know, not more out of necessity than choice. And we mm. talked about perhaps an end to movie theaters. We just watch movies on st- all new releases on streaming and, you know, just have people just stay inside all the time. And I got to say, you know, the if if we could throw in the, the sex helmet sort of thing. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I would. I would be all for that. Let's. I uh, I would too. Just just because, so I I, like, I wouldn't even have to see another human being for real <laughs> in my whole life. <laughs> I could just stay in this trailer. Just have my food brought. Yeah. By 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 a drone. Oh uh-huh. man! Yes. Sorry, I didn't. Sex I didn't helmets. mean to. Like, I didn't mean to. You, you were going to say something on on the topic of sex helmets too. I, I didn't. No, I wasn't. Okay, I was just throwing things out there. Okay. Just, uh, you know, trying to create some content here. Yeah, because uh, because um, the thing is, is there's not much with the, the the Jeff Fisher thing. Like he didn't have a father figure when his dad left. Yeah, and they they mentioned how. Uh, Big Brothers opened up an office in their town of Elkhart, mm-hmm. Indiana. Mm-hmm. Is Big Brothers really that prolific that there's like offices open? I've never actually seen a Big Brothers office anywhere in my life. I don't know that I've seen an office, but I know, um, I know someone. Remember Sonia from our uh, grad oh, school? who hosted the most for, for amazing program? Thanksgiving meals ever. Yeah, remember her? She was a part of uh, Big Sisters, Little Sisters. She was a big sister. Uh, oh, I remember that. Or, or some yeah. adjacent reference to it. Hey, everybody out there, remember Sonia from our very specific <laughs> grad program 10 years ago? You know, the one. And those meals that she would make? Like, yeah. like that oh. turkey, like the brine <laughs> was just amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. After that turkey, I don't think I've ever had a turkey experience before or after that was as good as that. Yeah. And the stuffing I mean, was just yeah. like, this was no stovetop. This was, I don't know how yeah. she made it. And the cranberry sauce, like literally every component of Thanksgiving was the best version of that I've ever had in my life. Yeah, they were, her and her husband were like incredible entertainers like we they would always have parties over there whenever they were a lot of fun um i i I want to thank you crystal (laughs) because i kind of if my memory serves me correctly Uh i got in on many of those thanksgiving meals courtesy of you like being (laughs) sort of like hey um, you know uh come over for thanksgiving yeah well i mean they 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 took all the strays they were very they had a very open household i feel bad i really i lost touch with her after it's a really long story having nothing to do with her character or i just lost touch with her it sucks she actually helped me move to sack so she was like there oh wow 
yeah so she's she's a really great person i i kind of regret like losing touch with her um have you tried facebook i well, she wasn't really even on facebook back in the day like she was on it but not like on it yeah she had a profile but it was like she obviously didn't really check it right much, if ever. right she wasn't really like a social media person i mean she's like a social person but not like a social media person and so i just didn't anyway this has got to be so fucking boring for anyone <laughs> listening to this i'm sorry uh okay so big so big brothers little big brothers little brothers uh nick nicholas what's his name right he uh a john couple, John, sure. Was <laughs> jo- well, John, the, the, like his last name started with an N, Nav- Nav- Navanti or whatever, who is like, he, he becomes the big brother for Jeff. Oh, and... there's nobody named Nick in this? I thought the kid's name was Nick. Uh, the kid's name was Jeff. Okay. <laughs> well, fucking so... moving on then. <laughs> and... John is like a stereotypical early 1970s looking like businessman with those sideburns. <laughs> the sideburns they have some... on the reenactor are just like they're like quotation marks around his face. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are magnificent. Magnificent. <laughs> and so yeah, he becomes the big brother for Jeff. They have like a depiction of him taking, you know, showing him how to set up a tent and do outdoors camping stuff. Um, you know, yeah. when, okay, when they started, all right, I gotta, sorry, I gotta interject here. And they're like, oh, the mom's talking about, like, oh, yeah, they would go out and then go on all these camping trips. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, admittedly, like, I guess it just is indicative of these, the times we live in and how aware we are of, like, horrific things that, like, yes, anytime in this show, or I guess in any show, anyone talks about, like, a man taking a kid camping, I'm like, Uh oh, yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, But uh, this was not one of those times. No, it's not one of those times. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, no. Instead, uh, J- J- uh, John was actually, I guess, a pretty positive influence on Jeff. The thing that I found really touching was, I guess, Jeff had to have heart surgery of some mm-hmm. sort because of a uh, something, and he like it made him feel less insecure to know that because I guess John had heart issues too. Mm-hmm. And so Jeff had been worried that like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a real, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a wimp because I have this thing. But mm-hmm. the fact that John was like this big, because they, they said he was at least six foot or something, right? Mm-hmm. This, this big, like large, powerful looking like guy also had heart issues. It made Jeff like, well, you know, if he has heart issues, it doesn't mean that it, there's anything wrong because I have heart issues or anything. And they just like I, he was a positive influence on, on on the kid's life. And then Jeff grew up, and basically, I mean, what more is there to say that like he wanted to, he he wanted to fi- find John again, and Unsolved mm-hmm. Mysteries was able to put them together pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's another one of these lost loves that would have been like a five minute search on Facebook. Yes, yes, Situations. absolutely. Uh, but it was nice. I liked I liked that it was really pure 
It's like a really pure story um, as far as oh, lost yeah. loves go. It's kind of it, it was kind of in the same vein. It reminded me of um, the Vietnam vet who wanted to find his nurse. Do you remember right. that one from a couple of seasons ago? Like, oh, it's just like, oh, this is just really nice and it's really pure. I like this. Yeah, yeah. It's like there we we don't have like you know some horrific like a woman had to give up her daughter right. and you know, all, all anguish. It's just at some point someone like encountered someone in their life who was had a nice positive influence on mm -hmm. them and they were so profoundly grateful afterwards. They wanted to like reconnect with that person afterwards. And, and yeah, this, this was a nice pleasant way to end this show. I, you know, um, I'm thinking we should have a lost love segment of our own, but find Sonia. <laughs> so, do we, do we want to do that as a mini sode available to all or, uh... <laughs> I just thought maybe no, we'll that's something, that... something we could just do in our lives. You know? Oh, okay. Just see if she's yeah, still, I guess, like, still okay. W w w yeah, I guess I guess it really wouldn't be interesting interesting for most people listening if it's just like us pounding away on the keyboard and me being like, okay, here she is. <laughs> oh, here she is. Sending, she's, you know, yeah. I'm sending her a message. I'll let you know if she gets back to right, us. Right, exactly. <laughs> Um, um, yeah. Do, well, I mean, besides Sonia, do, Robbie, do you have anyone in your life that, like, really you think made a, like, a whether they knew it or not, made a positive impact that you you lost touch with that you'd like to to thank? You mean, you mean at least at the level of having, like, served a really great Thanksgiving meal or more significant? Um, I would say maybe more significant than that, but... <laughs> Well, you, you you were using Sony as the reference. I was like, well, right. uh, <laughs> like um, jeez, jeez, Louise. Uh, well, do you? Um, and I'm just throwing that out there, so I have time to try to think of something. <laughs> so it's just yeah. Me going I mean, <laughs> I I think I I think I do. I I had a photography teacher in high school who. Uh, I got to be pretty close with and not in like a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> like in a men mentorship <laughs> age appropriate teacher way. Um, and, uh, you know, he had a really, he was, he, he had a really big impact on my life. And I think in a time when I really needed it. And uh, I think he, he was very concerned with my well being in general, and he he really encouraged me to pursue my dreams of photography, which I didn't really end up doing. Um, but yeah, he was he. I had three years of high school classes with him. I was always in his classroom, and it was also his classroom is attached to the dark room, which millennials uh, or Zoomers. I'm sure millennials <laughs> know what a dark room is. Zoomers can go look up what that is. I'm not going to bother, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he was. I I you know. I often wonder about him. I don't know if he's still alive or not. I haven't actually in the last few years bothered to like, you know, look up if he's still teaching or. I'm sure he's retired by now. But, um. Yeah. He had a, oh, he had a really big positive impact on my life. His name was uh, was Don Wojcinski. We called him the Woj. Wojo, Wojo, of course. And he was the he was the cool he was the coolest cat man. He would play uh, play. He hung out with at lunch with all the other art teachers. So there was there was Wojo. There was uh, the ceramics teacher, um, who uh, 
was named Mr. Conover, but we called him Con Daddy. And then there was uh, (laughs) Kofkin, who was the just the other all around art teacher. And those guys would like hang around and drink like yerba mate in their in the photography room at lunch and just talk about um, how bad popular music was and listen to like you know Thelonious Monk and Andrew not Andrew Bird I'm sorry um, Charlie Bird and it was always like jazz music playing in that classroom and a lot of turtlenecks very, very and I, I'm picturing them all wearing hip, yeah. sunglasses. Um, well, they were inside, but they did, but they're, you know, con daddy was always wearing a beret, you know, so of course it was a real, yeah, it was, it was cool. They were cool. Oh, oh yeah. I, maybe, 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 maybe we can get you put, put back in contact with them so you can tell them what, uh, Oh God, but he'd be, he'd be so disappointed in me. I'm like, I'm a corporate, I'm not corporate. I'm, you know, government drone. You're working man. in an I'm office. And... I don't, uh, I don't do well, art well, the way maybe, that I. <laughs> actually, yeah. no, no, Christo, here's what you do. You just don't, mm-hmm. don't mention that when he asks what you do, just do what I've done for like the last couple of years where, you know, if I didn't have a job at the time, you know, before I got this this new job uh, with the state of Nevada, mm-hmm. and if anyone asks you what you do, just mm-hmm. say I have a podcast, the 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 number three podcast on iTunes in terms of ratings for unsolved mysteries. Uh, that's like more embarrassing, I think. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> government. Sh- I'm a cog in a very big machine, and I nothing I do means anything. <laughs> yeah, you would you would prefer him to think that than, than no, than the he'd probably no, he'd probably think it was cool that I had a pot. He'd probably be really supportive. So yeah, um, do do you still have those? Remember when you had a website and you had like your old like art, a uh, little uh, paint program stuff, little images you made. Oh, the comic that I was drawing? Yeah, like there was, like the one where it's... God, it was a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, no, I yeah. have, I mean, I have all of those files sitting somewhere, but no, it does not currently exist on the internet anywhere. Oh, oh. Yeah. I, I guess I don't really have anyone I would need to be, because like basically anyone in the last 25 years that was of significance to my life, mm-hmm. I can find on Facebook. Hmm. Um, and I, I'm really having trouble thinking of, of anyone from before that time who I would want to get put into contact with. Um, I, I guess it helps that I, I, I'm also a hermit, so I don't really know that many people in the first place. Like the people that matter most to me in my life are, are like, I'm already in contact with them. I mean, you, uh, mm-hmm. Howard, Jesse, mm-hmm. the Cooper family, and that's it. Okay. <laughs> Are you still running um, to Doctor Doctor Ostergaard though? From time to time, you tell me. Like you'll see him around. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I did. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't really need to be put in contact with him because I, I was in his office like 
a month and a half, two months ago. I huh. delivering him a bunch of of political buttons and, and whatnot. So yeah. Um, uh, so uh, I, I see we probably have about like because our episodes usually run what like an hour and twenty minutes. Oh, about an, uh, we try, we try to keep it around an hour and ten, hour and fifteen. Yeah, I just I just want to like really quickly talk about because uh, we we sort of scratched on this a little bit. Uh-huh, sure. And I want to scratch just a little bit more. I mean, not uh-huh. like gouge out with like our fingernails cuz that we, that that would put us over. But, you know, I think in 5 minutes we can kind of scratch on this. Um Let's talk about crushes we had on cartoon characters when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> That is I, I did not see that coming. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, okay. Because we were we were running with that hypothetical of like, well, if I had been a girl, uh, uh-huh. which transformer <laughs> or whatever, I would have uh, had a had a crush on. Um, uh, but as uh, growing up, uh-huh. uh, I have to say there were a number of cartoon characters I found pretty appealing. Um, uh-huh, basically, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, all the female team members from GI Joe. Okay. Uh, which there were there were like two, right? There was there was Scarlet, who was a redhead, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. And then Lady J, she was, mm-hmm. she kind of had this like you know short hair, kind of boyish hair, and and you know she 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 was she was pretty pretty nice looking. Hmm. Um, Rogue from the X Men cartoon. Oh, oh, for sure. Oh man. Yeah. Talk about hot. Yeah, she was. She's pretty bodacious, for sure. Oh, yeah, and I, I've always kind of had this. I've I've had this slight thing for women from the South. Uh-huh. Particularly women from like Louisiana. I don't know. There's just something yeah. about like listening to them that's just intoxicating. Uh um I don't think I ever really was too attracted to any of the female members of the Captain Planet team. <laughs> um <laughs> What about, did you, um, I know the pink Power Ranger was a thing for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the thing, the thing was though, um, cause that show, it premiered like, I think I was what in the sixth grade. Yeah. So I watched a few episodes just cause like, you know, I was like, I was really curious about what the heck is this thing that, you know, they're, they're doing. And I, I got a basic, uh, gist of it, but. Yeah, I I don't think I I don't think I got drawn to her too too much and and because I only watched like a few episodes of the first season, but even then I don't really remember her standing out to me. She was mm-hmm. blonde, right? I don't know. I mean, I was kind of in the same position. I was a little bit older when it premiered. Yeah, so I yeah. I mean, like, that's super yeah. Into it. Right, right. Same. Yeah, in the same boat as I was. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I'm not really. I'm not really into blondes. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I'm, 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 I'm a br- br- brunette and, and, you know, even more so a redhead mm-hmm. uh, guy. Um, though, 
Uh, gosh. Um, no, those are the ones that really stand out to me. Did were, were there any cartoon characters that you were attracted to? Um, I mean, in in my in so much as in my child brain, I I could conceive of such things. Yeah. Um, I don't know about cartoon characters. I mean, I f- I felt like an emotional uh, draw to the purple uh, Ninja Turtle, Donatello. He's the purple one, Interesting. right? Interesting. Yeah. Well, that I could see. I I could see why is you Donatello would the purple him... one? Donatello, purple yes. One? The the okay. the intelligent, the the uh, uh, the intelligent inventor member of the team, right? Uh, yeah. He was he was the more intellectual of the Ninja right, Turtles, right. if I recall. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, honestly, if someone asked me, you know, to guess which of the Ninja Turtles you would have. Uh-huh the most affinity for yeah it would be i would i would guess donatello absolutely yeah. um i mean you know i i because like michelangelo's just sort of a, a goofball right um Raphael, and Raphael was like really emo he was like too serious i don't oh, like him he was kind of irritating that was, his, that was his whole character trait and they ramped it up so much in that live action cartoon yeah, and Leonardo, like his personality, is really just that he's the leader, right? That's yeah. not really uh, much like Cyclops. That's just sort of you know, there's not really much there when you scratch scratch it. Yeah, uh, I you know I have to say as far as childhood crushes go, I really I I don't know about cartoons, but I had some pretty uh, major crushes on actual humans <laughs> that were on television <laughs> and movies. Well, that I mean, that's fine. I mean, I, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I <laughs> Would you like me to briefly list them for you? Because I do, I do remember. I know that we've, t- I know that we've talked about probably Jerry O'Connell and Sliders. I know we've discussed that. Oh, on this interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I, I will list them in the order that I had them very quickly. Okay. Uh, number no, the first crush I ever remember having was on Jonathan Brandis. And he okay, was yeah. in the show Sequest DSV mm-hmm. with the intelligent dolphin. Uh, the star of that show. Darwin! Was, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Jonathan Brandis, uh, unfortunately, um, That's ended the his elephant own life. in the room, yeah. Yeah, uh, later. <laughs> Tragic. Um, and then. And uh, he was in the second never-ending story movie right yes he was yeah Yeah. uh then it was then it was val kilmer now this this is listen i got a lot of i got a lot of heat for this shit because batman forever came out when i was like nine or ten or whatever and he was in that bat suit and that was just like what the fuck is up and anyone who wants to fucking argue with me about like how sexy val kilmer was during that time like come at me unassailable crush you cannot argue with this at all i'm sorry um <laughs> mid 90s val kilmer was was peak val was kilmer. he was what was up yeah i mean he looked he looked good yeah. in top gun but like i didn't know i like top gun would have been like too much for me but like him right, right. Him, him and batman was kind of like approachable for me and then of course I, I started looking up all these val kilmer movies like top secret which is so much fun 
Anyway, <laughs> Val Kilmer in the 80s and 90s is, is what was up. And then, of course, you know, he's in Heat. He's in uh, 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 Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He's great in that. And the Saint. Yeah. So, like, come at me about that one. And then and then finally it was Jerry O'Connell um, and Sliders. And that's uh-huh. and that's when I was just like, I was oh, middle school. Me was in love with him. But Jerry O'Connell's still a babe. He's like a dad now. And he lives in Calabasas. And he's he married to Rebecca Romaine, but he's still a babe. So I'm going to say, like, I honestly, pretty, pretty good taste. And I stand by all of that. Oh, and I forgot about, oh, wait, there is one that's embarrassing. <laughs> um, I think be- I think between Jonathan Brandis and uh, Val Kilmer was Dean Kane because he was on The Adventures of Lois and Clark. He was Superman. Oh, yeah. And I know that I've mentioned this before, but I actually have his autograph on a postcard. From uh, from uh, Warner wait, Brothers wait, wait, wait. or whatever, w- Dean Cain. Which, which of them? I have Dean Cain's autograph. Yes, yeah, somewhere in my house, I have that from when I was a kid. Well, we'll have to talk about that at a later date. <laughs> I want to know the story. Probably. For you know, for an episode that didn't have a lot of content, we've really, really made yeah, it we happen. We should probably end it. Uh, <laughs> okay, thank you for listening to all this insanity. Uh, um, yeah, I, I hope you guys are doing okay out there. I don't I don't know what's going to be, you know, when this gets released in a month, I don't know what the world's going to look like, but I hope everyone's okay. And please keep in touch. Uh, we're at uh, reenactedpod on Twitter, uh, reenactedpod at gmail.com. Please send us your shitty small town stories. We are dying for content. Um, and we will read them on the air. We're also on Facebook, so if you search for reenacted fans or something like that, right, you'll get... Reenacted fans, yeah. Uh, please, uh, if you've been listening and you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, that actually has five to stars. Do... We need to cancel out the. <laughs> <laughs> the that actually has to do bullshit. with the content of the podcast and not your personal preferences about podcasts in general. Um, and I think I think that's it, right? Yes, that's it for us. So you should do the thing that you do. Oh. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Join us next week for another edition of Unsolved Mysteries.